0: Welcome to the Unfading Truth Bible Reading Plan. Today we're reading John chapter 4, verses 19 through 26. The way you worship matters, says Jesus. John chapter 4, we're going to read verses 19 through 26. This is part of the famous account of Jesus interacting with the woman at the well. We're picking the story up here at verse 19. "'Sir,' the woman said, "'I can see that you're a prophet. "'Our fathers worshipped on this mountain. "'But you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem.' "'Woman,' Jesus replied, "'Believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father "'neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. "'You Samaritans worship what you do not know. "'We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews.' Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is Spirit, and His worshipers must worship in the Spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming, and when He comes, He'll explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. Well, we're moving on today to question and answer number 80 of the Heidelberg Catechism, probably one of the most controversial questions and answers of the Catechism. And we're going to look at it uh, over a couple of days here. We're going to begin with the first half of it, looking at how the Lord's Supper that we participate in in Reformed churches, how is that different from the Roman Catholic Mass? Well, today let's just understand what the Lord's Supper is. It's declaring to us that our sins have been completely forgiven through the one sacrifice of Jesus Christ, which he himself finished on the cross once for all. It also declares to us that the Holy Spirit grafts us into Christ, who with his very body is now in heaven at the right hand of the Father, where he wants us to worship him. One of the most painful consequences of sin is that the one thing that ought to unite all people, that is worshiping the God who made us, well, it's arguably the thing that creates the most division and angst. Not only do we have massive divisions, between the three great monotheistic religions that's Judaism, Islam, and Christianity. But even the Christian church itself is rent-asunder with all sorts of different ideas and practices on how God ought to be worshipped. Division occurs when different expressions in how people worship begin to affect what they worship. The resulting battles shatter communities and even families, causing pain and bitterness that last generations. Our society's current live and let live attitude, we we just sort of want Jesus to come down and declare that all forms of worship, as long as it's sincere and heartfelt, that all forms of worship are acceptable to God and therefore all criticisms of divergent worship practices really ought to cease. That's exactly what the woman at the well was hoping to hear Jesus say but Jesus doesn't take her bait. One of the Bible's primary themes is that there are right ways and wrong ways to worship. Jesus doesn't pull any punches, telling the Samaritan woman that her countrymen have been worshiping incorrectly and even ignorantly. Certainly, Jesus has lots of criticism for Jewish worship practices elsewhere in the Gospels, but at least on the question of where true worship must take place, The Jews were getting it right. What a picture of God's grace! That out of all the people that Jesus could have discussed true and proper worship with, it wasn't a learned scholar or popular prophet, but rather it was this sinful, broken woman. And so she becomes one of the first people to truly worship God as He has ordained in spirit. truth. Let's dig a little bit deeper. The question of where to worship would soon become moot, when Jesus would send his church out to the nations before triumphantly ascending back to the right hand of the Father. But notice that the primary requirement for acceptable worship, well, that remains constant through the entire Bible. And that requirement is that people properly know God. You can read that in verse 22. Well, the Lord's Supper is one of the primary ways you gain this knowledge. That's so critical to fulfilling the purpose that you were created for, to worship God. The Lord's Supper declares to you that you've been completely forgiven through Christ's one sacrifice on the cross and that you've been grafted into him so that you can worship him in spirit and truth even while he is in heaven and you are on earth well as you pray today use the triple a prayer pattern begin your prayer by just acknowledging who god is today we can acknowledge god as our father who is spirit then align your life with god's will do that by praying that you will continue to know God more and more and thank him for what he teaches you as you come to his table. Then you can ask God for what you need. Remember, everything else that you hear today will fade away, but the word of the Lord, well, that's unfading truth.